This is Harry Hall Football. On today's show, we talk about the game between the Washington Redskins and the New Orleans Saints. Josh and John! Woohoo! What's up, y'all? Yo, yo, yo! Ho, ho, ho! What's up, y'all? Redskins stepped up finally and won a game. And, um. Doing it in the dome. And it's like I've been saying the last three weeks. Those last two losses, like, this is what I'm gonna say three games ago. Um, was it against the Falcons? Or Carol, who was it against? Carolina? No. John, refresh my memory. I don't know. Two games ago was a loss to care to Atlanta. Last week was a loss to Philly. The week before that was a victory over Carolina. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Hard to remember at this point. It was in that game against Carolina that I say the Redskins put in their new offense of running the ball. Run the ball somewhat decently. Reminiscent of the 80s. Decently, I don't mean that somewhat decently as far as the players on the field are doing their job. I mean somewhat decently as the coaches are actually calling, running plays. Although there still seem to be a few missteps in the play calling. Yeah, but they're getting better. They're starting to listen to us a little bit. They're tuning in and listening more intently to Harry Hall football. That's right. <clears throat> as a matter of fact, you know, I think we used the words uh, put Velcro on the defense's hands and things like that last week. And actually Greg Williams... Uh, said that this week in an interview. So, you know, he must be listening. Yeah, I think so. That'd be a good idea. He probably is. He might, get some good, he might get some good ideas from us on how to how to fix things. I guess he is because the Redskins only gave up 10 points, which I think may be the least they've given up this year. It's definitely the least uh, points that New Orleans has scored in a game this year. Right. They're averaging like 26 points a game or something like that. Yeah, so... I, I got to say something else, too. That average down a little bit. Greg Williams, if you are listening like you were last week, um, you don't need to worry about getting kicked in the balls this week because your defense stepped up. Boy, they stepped up huge. Andre Carter had a huge game. Marcus huge game. Washington had a huge game. Uh, Kedrick Golston had another big game as a rookie. He's getting my Redskins rookie of the year. bouncing around out there. And even the most cut Carlos Rogers stepped up and had a huge game. He well, did step he up. gave up a first down and then a touchdown in succession, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, he's still in my doghouse because, I mean, all he did was stand there to block that pass. To knock that end. pass down the end zone. He wasn't he even did. looking for it. He was like, oh. He did Man, have an he interception did. that he almost he dropped. <laughs> if he had dropped that interception, I think he would have had to, like, take his own, get his own airfare back home. I know. Because he couldn't have stayed on the plane with everyone else. I think what went through his mind, like, in an instant was like this. I can't drop this. <laughs> I think it's what went through his head. I think it was this. Oh, crap. I can intercept this ball. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Here it comes. Oh, crap. I'm dropping it. Oh, crap. I better pull it in. Oh, oh, oh. And then he pulled it in. Because I think what he was thinking is, you're right, John. I'll be riding home by myself, and uh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be staring those big pair of scissors down when I get back. What happened? What, what popped into his head? Just imagine this. A picture of Carlos Rogers standing there with one of those, like, bubbles coming out of his head, like kind of like a dream cloud thing. <laughs> right, and exactly. in the cloud is, like, this matted picture of John Adams standing there with the two fingers and a big smile on his face making the cut sign. 
And then he woke up, pulled in the ball, and that went away. Because, oh, man. Um, I got to point something out. And um, we normally don't harp on this as much, especially after a Redskins victory. But the officiating today was probably the worst I've ever seen. Oh, dude, it sucked. No, you it was the worst before. of the season, for sure. It was definitely the worst of the season, but, I mean, it, it definitely sucked. Like like that whole, uh, that whole challenge on the catch, on the Santana Moss catch. At first, like when it was in fast motion, to me it did look like the ball might have hit the ground, but when they showed it in slow motion over and over from different angles, it looked like he had his hand under the ball the whole time. Dude, his, finger, his, hand under the ball. his fingers were under the tip. I rewound it on, um, on the TiVo, on the HD video projection screen, walked up to the screen and looked. And his fingers were well under the ball. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, you probably had a closer view than the official did. This, that's what I'm saying. Why does the official on the field with like a at most 13 inch screen television underneath some hood, hood make the call? They need like this HD large screen, a viewing room. like a viewing room with some plasma, and like the, they do in the last two minutes from the booth. Yeah, they need to like tell and like how like college a, does. Yeah, like they need to tow in like a 64 inch TV plasma screen HD, like with one of those uh, on the back of one of those uh, John Deere Gators or something, and like bring it in and like have this huge like tent hood that's set up, and they walk inside of it. Yeah, like a they portable little like, like a little portable room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they just need to get rid of instant replay altogether. And yeah, there was that Santana Moss catch, but that wasn't even the worst of it. On the play. Yeah, at all. On the play before the Saints got their only touchdown, um, it was a good second of of delay of game, and they didn't call it. Oh, yeah, it was like one, zero, hike, that fast, and they didn't call it. It was the play before they scored that touchdown that Rodgers oh, yeah, got burned totally. on. Yep. Yep. And then, even worse than that, was that they didn't throw the flag when he was like four yards over the line of scrimmage throwing that pass. Yeah, I think we didn't eventually. We didn't have to challenge that, right? Like, no, no, no. They were together, and they were like, "Oh, we better look at that." Yeah, they all got together, and they were like, "Well, we've got to at least pretend one of us threw the flag because we're all going to get fired for missing such an obviously blatant call." Because the dude was three yards, three yards, nine feet past the line of scrimmage when he threw the ball. It sounds worse when you say nine feet. (laughs) Nine feet. They got together so that one of them could say. I uh, said so the headline judge or whatever could go, could go, uh, the head referee, hey, uh, one of you guys just kind of slip on over there and kind of drop the other flag down by your foot like we actually, like we actually threw it. I know, man. And then there's more. There's more. There was the play with Andre Carter where he busts through the line and two guys held him to keep him from getting the, I think it was a safety. It would have been. It was a safety. And on the same play, Drew Brees threw the ball. He was between the hash marks. He wasn't even out of the tackle. I mean, he wasn't even like anywhere out of the ta- or out of the hash marks, but still within the tackles or anything. He was still in the hash marks, threw the ball away to his left where nobody was, and there was, was no so, call on either one. Yeah, I was, I was yelling. I was like, "That's grounding!" Yeah, that's that, grounding. And it was holding, and it was a safety. Yeah. <laughs> out of control. They were out of control. Bad. These referees were ridiculous. But you know, when you see the head referee and he's actually wearing glasses. You know, you know, you're in for a bad day. Yeah, you can't even give him that joke. Like, you need glasses. He's the guy that, he's the guy that goes under the hood, but before he goes under, he puts his glasses up on top of his head. <laughs> you, you know it's going to be bad. Oh, my. Starts in the game were 
ridiculous. I mean, they called a bunch, but I have never, well, I can't say never, but it's been a long time since I've seen so much movement on both offensive lines, rocking, heads turning, and I don't mean turning left and right, I mean moving up and down. Right. I mean, just all kinds of movement. Dude, there was at least five. Anything. They called like three or four, but they could have called like 12. Yeah, there was at least five that on both teams that they didn't call on false starts. It was crazy. They're horrible. Oh man. Anyway, they were horrible. So the refs were just yes. The kicking the balls goes to the referee. To the referee. Yeah, uh, you, you get one big Harry Hog kicking the ball. The entire referee just hearing Harry Hog. Harry Hog kicking the ball. Oh, and with that loss today, the New Orleans Saints get rewarded with a berth in the playoffs. Yeah, that's awesome. So thank you, Carolina Panthers, for yeah, uh, losing and giving that to the Saints. The Gulf Coast Saints, apparently I was telling Aaron about this a little while ago, that there is a movement in the uh, Gulf Coast region to change the name from New Orleans to the Gulf Coast Saints, um, reminiscent of the Boston Patriots being switched to the New England Patriots to give more of a regional sense of camaraderie. Right. Um, I don't know if that'll fly, but I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. But uh, all I know is that whatever their name, they lost today. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why the Red- I don't know why the Redskins marching in, but they went walking out with their heads on. <laughs> yeah, they don't say anything in the song about the way they went marching out. <laughs> they went kind of, uh, you know, kind of meandering out. Dude, all I know is this: the Redskins were nine point underdogs. And um, I don't know how they got that. And they were acting like that the Saints beating Dallas, like at least the announcers, like the Saints beating Dallas was the biggest game in their franchise history and all this stuff. I'm like, it's Dallas. And it wasn't even Kenny Albert because he's, he's not a half-bad announcer. He's not great. He's not bad. The Baldinger is back to being the typical dumb ass in this like, Baldinger that we're so used to. <laughs> like with the uh, challenge, he challenged that play where Liddell Betts was obviously down. Timeout. I know, dude. Because <laughs> it was so painfully obvious. And speaking of challenges, why didn't in the first quarter when Sean Taylor stripped the ball from Deuce McAllister before the play was over, before the whistle was blown, why didn't they challenge that? We didn't even get a replay again from Fox to be able to see that one. I know, dude. Well, why didn't they do this and why didn't they do that? There's a lot of why didn't they do. Yeah. Which brings us back to the play uh-huh. calling, man. They're getting better listening to us about running it, but they're still getting a little fancy schmancy. And uh-huh. every time they do, it's it sucks. In the fourth quarter, yep. Fancy schmancy equals three and out. That's all I'm saying, if not worse. Anyone noticed every time they give the ball to Liddell Betts and he runs it like up the center or like a counter tray off tackle, anything around the center of the field that he does really well, but every time they try to string him out to the sideline, he gets like one yard. I know. Every time. So in the fourth quarter... They run him to the outside, then they throw a bad pass, and on third and eight, they pass again, and they had to punt the ball, and Aaron and I were like, that's probably going to be the game right there, if it weren't for uh, Carlos Rogers picking it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anybody notice when they give the ball to Liddell Betts, he runs at six, eight, ten yards? Up the middle. (laughs) Even T.J. Duncan had a good day. Yeah, when they kn- they're running him up the middle instead of stringing him to the outside like they've been doing the last two or three games. They had the perfect opportunity in the fourth quarter to shut the game down by running the ball, and they wouldn't do it. 
I know, I know, dude. And yet when they and when they get inside the twenty, it's like all of a sudden they're afraid to run. Yeah, you're exactly right. How come early on in the game they they ran Betts and then suddenly it's like Betts was out of the game for like the entire drive, and he was just standing on the sideline, and like he had just you know run the ball and. Was nice when, he, when he went limping out for a couple plays? No, dude, like way earlier before that. He was just standing there, and they actually commented about it on Fox, too. They were like, why is that out of there? They did I take him see, out. They're like, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in this game right now. Duckett was in. It was like an important third down or something. Yeah, no, yeah. Dude, he was in for like three plays in a row. Yeah, it was. Maybe he just needed a breather, dude. He did run for he 100 yards. Him, yeah. Mm. I don't know, but <laughs> he's good, man. And um, John thinks, or he brought up the point, and so did Josh earlier today, that um, there may be a running back controversy in Washington next year. Well, yeah. Joe Gibbs was asked about it this week, and he, of course, of course he said, no, Clint Portis is our starting guy. And that's, how and that's all we're going to hear. That's and all of course, we're hear. And I'm like, and they said that on TV, I'm like, dude, what do you expect him to say? You want to, like, start rocking the boat now? I mean, come on, just, just get through the rest of your season. Betts is doing great. Portis sitting in the rest of the season. He was coming back. Yeah, yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. What, what else? Yeah, Saunders is coming back. Williams is coming back. Of course you're going to say all that. You're not going to be throwing a bunch of junk out there right now this time of year. I think right. there, I, I don't think there is going to be any kind of running back thing. I think they're going to use them both in tandem, man. Just let them switch off and you have like a one-two punch. I think yeah. so, too. I'm a little worried that I'm a little worried that uh, I think I brought it up before that uh, Portis maybe passed his due date though. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking I, I'm afraid maybe he's reached the pinnacle of his career and the injuries are just going to keep hurting him. I don't think Bring so, dude. I don't think so. So much. I mean, the more you get injured, the more you're prone to it. And, yeah. And it's like you know he's been pretty beaten up the past couple of years. Yeah. And there's no doubt that Clinton Portis is a great running back. Oh yeah. Uh, and that he can get the job done for the Redskins, especially the way that this offense has come together, the offensive line. I think Clinton Portis is probably wishing he was taking some snaps from Jason Campbell earlier in the season. I mean, he was taking taking some balls from Jason Campbell. Real quick, dudes, I don't know if you just heard that music, but that was time for the Dockery Report, and I totally oh, yeah. missed it. <laughs> I totally missed their cue. But anyway... So, so on another note, let's just go ahead and get the Dockery report out of the way. He kicked some butt today. Right on. Yeah, he did. He did. I think he did. He, did. he was off he did. start once, wasn't he? He had a false start today. Yeah, yeah, he had a false start once. So yeah, but that yeah, but him like blocking two and three guys on a play. Like, what was that one play when Randall L ran it around the end? He had a huge block on that play. Oh yeah, he was he was pretty stellar out there once again. And you know who didn't have any uh. Had any holding or false start penalties? Was Casey Raybach? Dude, that's because they didn't call holding. The refs had never seen that penalty. They didn't call it at all the whole game. Well, I thought it was because he had a broken hand, so he yeah, couldn't he hold anybody. He didn't have a hand to hold with. There's no hand to hold with. And speaking of, we got to go to shout-out to number 74. Uh, Todd yeah. Wade stepped in for John Jansen did a really good job today. Yeah. He did a stellar, stellar performance today. Yeah, I mean, well, he's, a, he's a veteran, though, right? He's been around. Like, yeah, he's, he's been around to a couple of teams. He's been there, but uh, he stepped in very well, very well. Yeah. He was in there. He was he was running down the field, making blocks. He was doing a good job. The whole offensive line kicks him butt. Yeah, pretty he, much everyone was rocking. Cooley had one drop, but he also had four catches for 80 yards. 
Yeah, it was pretty um, reminiscent of the 80s uh, Redskins. One drop, it almost looked like he thought, crap, that's going to be intercepted. And then it wasn't, because it was almost yeah. like he had his mind set on, okay, I need to play defense. Oh, crap, oh, there's the ball. Yeah, that's kind of what John was saying, too. He thought it was going to be picked, but I thought it was a pretty pass. He, like, put it behind that guy right into Cooley. Yeah. Could have been by accident, but I'm going to say that Jason Campbell threw a nice pass and Cooley dropped it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, Cooley, he had a couple of nice nice catches, uh, nice runs. And Cooley, is it me or does he, does he look bigger than he did at the beginning of the season? Does he put on some pounds, put on some muscle? Dude, he just looks bigger than he is. Like, when I saw him in person that time, I was like, that's all the big he is, man? He looks teeny. Yeah, he's, I think he's playing a lot more physical. Yeah. He's playing a lot more physically than he has been as well. I think he's yeah. stepping up his game in that fashion, his run blocking. A nice job of uh, catching the ball, tucking it, seeing the guy coming, switching hands with the ball, putting his arm out, pushing the guy away, get the extra one, two yards, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, with no bets, there's one problem that he's had since he's been on – in the league, and when he gets a good amount of playing time, is that he's half sometimes fumbles, fumble prone, and he had that big one today. Guy put a hat right on the ball. No, I've been wondering. out of there. I, I, uh, Randall Hill had to. Yeah. I, I don't know. He may have grabbed and twisted something because that ball, Randy Thomas fell on it, and then it kind of squirted around a little bit, and some dude from the Saints got his arm in there, and then Antoine Randall Hill jumped in, and right. his arm, he was swimming down there trying to get it out. So I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know who got what twisted, but he came up with the ball. <laughs> who, got what, who got what yanked on, whatever. That was huge. That was massive. John, what was that one play where Liddell was running it and it looked like he got stopped, and then all of a sudden he, like, comes out of the pile? Oh, yeah, yeah. He just, like, busted he out. He had a few of those. He had a few yeah, of those. As long as they weren't trying to run him down the, up to the damn sideline, every time he was getting like he was making it the second, third hit before he was going down. That's because he came. Oh, there was one you were talking about. He made fourteen yards. It was near the goal line. Right. That's it's, the one you were talking about, Aaron. Dude, it's because he came. Thing, the fumble thing with Liddell Betts. It's kind of like he's had these great few games. I've been kind of sitting here wondering, okay, when's he actually going? When's he going to drop the ball again? You know what I mean? When's he going to yep. fumble it? Because it's kind of been like inevitable. I mean, as far as looking at his past, like you said, John. He's had this sort of history of uh, uh, of being fumble prone, and then he uh, well, at least it's only happened once. You know, as much as he's carried the ball in the past few weeks. Um, yeah, yeah, that's two fumbles in the last four weeks. That's yeah. not great, but it's not horrible. Yeah, and the dude did put a helmet right on it. But all I know is that the way they played oh, no, in the last three games, more in the last three than even the one they won against uh, Carolina. If they would have been playing like this since day one, they'd be like a serious playoff team. You mean to say if they had a smash-mouth running game with a smash-mouth running back? Uh-huh. <laughs> and a quarterback who could actually put a ball right there where Santana Moss can grab it between two defenders in the end zone? And isn't th- well, afraid to throw it more than four yards down the field? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I, I'm going to have to say um, every single person listening to the podcast probably agrees with that. <laughs> But I'm encouraged that finally the, uh, you know, the collective mind of the Redskins coaching staff that gets paid millions and millions of dollars more a year than us have finally started Ever. to realize that. Yeah. They finally realize it. Uh, um, but, uh, hey, but it's man, what about the D? Lots of the people have lots up. of big hits. The D up. Andre and Carter. Andre Carter. Big huge. Today. Big game. Andre Carter's going to get my game ball. Yeah. Right on. Andre Carter, he stepped up huge. I mean, they were 
there were a lot of people throwing the bodies around. Marcus Washington had a sack, pass defended. Yeah. And Andre Carter um, was coming from all over the place to make plays. Yeah, they're trying to move him around, I think, because he's, you know, they're stuck. They're, he's been playing so much better every week for the last few weeks. They're putting right. more, more, they're double teaming him, trying to get him off, trying to run the other direction away from him. And they're trying to move him around to make sure he can uh, still be effective. And I think that's a really good idea. I thought Greg Williams coached a pretty damn good game today. Yeah, he did. In fact, I agree. In fact, I'm going to give Greg Williams my game ball because we've given him the kick so much this year. Yeah, right on to that. I agree with that. But I'm going to, I'm going to give a different one. Especially but, uh, because, because we've just given hours. Because I was worried about when, um, the Saints, there was this one place in the fourth quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter, where they had a third and 19. And they went with that spread offense with no one in the backfield. And I was like, I was like, crap, the Redskins don't have enough people that can defend that many receivers. And they went out and he made the third 19. And then they were like, sweet, we figured out how to beat him. And they went to it on that next play and Carlos Rogers got that uh, interception. Right then I was so nervous. I was like, I called John and was like, dude, I'm worried that they're just going to go with that the whole rest of the game and win. But Greg Williams and them and the defense stepped up enough to keep him out of the end zone there at the end. Yeah, you're exactly right. They got down the field, but he kept him out. Mm-hmm. Carlos Rogers with that, huh? Oh, Pass oh. defended in the end zone. Which, which also yeah, brings I guess me. I gotta give my game ball now. Um, oh yeah, go ahead, dude. Sorry. My game ball goes, Josh, who's with yours? Mine was, uh, Andre Carter. Okay, my game ball goes to the O-line. Mm-hmm. My game well, was the O line, the big boys, the big boys, the BFS. Um, Even Casey uh, Raybach? Man, he had all day. Camel had all day to throw back there. They were opening up huge running lanes, pulling left and right. People were blocking down the field. Um, and I'm going to give a shot to James Thrash because in limited play, he did a really good job today. Oh, yeah. Stopping that ball at like the one yard line and blocking downfield um, on the first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did, did a really good job of limited play. Like even like special teams. I don't know if you guys noticed, but Adam Archuleta had a big hit today. He had a big hit on the rookie side. Uh, Reed Doty had a big hit. He had a really big hit. Yeah, man. Um, and this was an open field. Like Archuleta was there, like finishing when everyone was coming in. Like people were missing and missing. And he finally laid a good lick on that guy. Dude, uh, Archuleta. Reed Doty had a good hit. Um, there was a Rocky McIntosh sighting. Yeah, yeah. It's that. Dude, Archuleta, um, that was like a million dollar hit. Isn't that about how much he got paid for that hit? <laughs> <laughs> that was a million dollar hit. And it's inside, so he doesn't even get his white uniform shirt dirty. With his white turtleneck underneath it. <laughs> that he always wears. <laughs> the whole team played good. Jason Campbell, no interceptions, uh, a beautiful touchdown pass to, to Santana Moss between two defenders. Something other in the red zone than Sean Swisham kicking three pointers. Right. Even though he went three for three, he's seven for seven since uh, he got the job. I mean, is that what the red zone offense is now? Oh, just get it in there and then let's kick a field goal? I mean, yeah. that's what it seems. Well, it seems like, and this has been a problem with Gibbs since he's come back, period, is he doesn't, they, they don't have a plan for the red zone. Yeah, and you can tell they're not thinking one, two, three, four plays ahead of where they're at. If this happens, we do this. If this happens, we do that. They have right. a plan, and if it if it goes awry, it's like, uh, 
<laughs> I know, dude. Like, I gotta say, that Sean Payton dude, when it was fourth down, he didn't have to think about it. Oh, no. No, dude. They knew what was next. They knew what yeah. was going to happen. How many times this season have the Redskins wasted a timeout deciding if they're going to kick a field goal or go for it? Right, ridiculous. Right. And, of course, I was screaming, go, 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 go. I think Uh-oh. everyone was. Oh, he should have went. Yeah, another fourth and two from the three. He should have went. That could have put the game away. And if not, well, thinking back, though, he's like, yeah, well, I didn't go kick the field goal and made them have to go for a touchdown because they made it the field goal range. They could have tied it. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I agree with that, too. But when you're 4-9, you go man. for it. Yeah, when you're 4-9, right. it doesn't I, matter. I agreed, I agreed with uh, what Brian Baltickler was saying on that one. He was like, <laughs> you know, saying, saying uh, go for it. I mean, it's a no-brainer. What what'd you say? Tickler. I'm sorry, I was laughing. I thought it was Dinger. <laughs> What's his name? Ball Dinger. Ball, uh, ball Tickler? Uh, whatever. It's kind of uh, like, it's it's like a synonym with our, you know, kicking the balls award, our Ball Dinger <laughs> award. Kicking the ball? A Ball Dinger award. <laughs> our Ball Dinger award. But seriously, yeah. If, uh, yeah, well, you know, if they made it, I mean, they had to get the, uh, if, if, if they if they missed it, you guys know, we just went over it. Anyway, three points wasn't going to... Wasn't going to clinch it for him. If they put it in and scored a touchdown, then the Saints would have to score twice. Right. And that's the bottom line. So right. anyway. Who are your kicks going to? Kicks. I got my kick ready. All right, go for it, dude. My kick goes to Brian Baldinger. <laughs> <laughs> your Baldinger's because, going to Baldinger? You know, last, last year, or last week, uh, Brian Baldinger, um, he actually wasn't bad, and I think we commented about it on the podcast. He was like, you know, he wasn't that bad this week. He said some really intelligent stuff. But that was all an aberration because he was back in full Baldinger force this week <laughs> with his dumb acidness, his stupid comments. Um, man, he's just, he's just an idiot. Especially the one about the challenge on that, that non-fumble. <laughs> what a great call to break up the rhythm of the Redskins. Why didn't they just call timeout? <laughs> but then he kept saying it. Yeah, and he just kept on and on and on and going about it. And, you know, you can tell, I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I caught the very end of the game he was doing with Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall was just exasperated. And I guess he was stepping in for Kenny Albert. <laughs> and even Kenny Albert, I mean, he's been working with him for a while, and you could get a couple points where he's just like, man, you're an idiot. And you can tell he said something intelligent and at the same time, Showing how unintelligent Brian Baldinger is at the same time. He threw a couple of those in there, and I was pretty pretty happy for him for that. What about you, Josh? I'm kicking Radio Shack for that commercial that they showed. It looked like I was rewinding my Kiva. Because I know I kept thinking I sat on my remote. <laughs> I was like, that's actually what I did. I was like, crap, where's the remote? Crap, what's going on here? That's what I was doing. And I was like searching for the remote, like, what's going on? <laughs> um,. I don't know. I, you know, it's kind of hard to give a kick today. I mean, I was thinking about, you know, more people that normally we give kicks to, and it's kind of like, well, they kind of stepped up. I mean, um, you know, and, and people that we that we mention a lot also. So, of course, Marcus Washington stepped up. Sean Springs, he had that nice uh, pass defense where he tipped it away. Yeah, that, was a, that looked like Daryl Green right there. Yeah. That reminded me. As soon as I saw that, I was like, man, that was like Daryl Green. That was a great play. Sean Taylor hit big all day. He had big hits. 
you know, we Sean Taylor had a great game. He had some huge sailor dive hits. Do you remember that one where it was uh, <laughs> Re- Reggie Bush got into the open field and Sean Taylor like barely missed him? But if he would have hit him, that would have been all over. He barely missed him, but he held him up enough to get the, for other guys to get to him, which is how Greg Williams' defenses have always worked and haven't worked very well this year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, even like even Kenny Wrong, he had a pretty good win with his limited play. And then when he stepped in, he uh, he defended well. He had, he had a couple of nice, you know. It, yeah, I thought I thought Kenny Wrong defended well on that one big pass, but he actually I don't think he really even touched that ball. Like it looked like he hit it before it even came out, and he almost picked it, but it actually got to the guy's arms behind him mm-hmm. on the replay. Which well, one? Not, I don't know, like Kenny before. Wrong, way to go, and then and then. Right. He it's not enough to kick him for. And, no, and no, I mean, no, no. You know, I'm just trying to sit here trying to think of who I kick. So I, I just don't. I, honestly, I just I'm not going to kick anybody this week. I guess Radio Shack for that commercial. But other than that, <laughs> um, about you, Aaron. I am giving my kick to the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> for getting destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> for getting destroyed by such a super overrated team as the Saints. And I think they are a sorry excuse to represent the NFC East in the uh, playoffs, and I don't think they should go even if they do have the best record. Yeah, it's going to be going to be pretty uh, poor. But remember, you know, as we speak right now, the Eagles and the, uh, the Beagles and the Midgets are playing a game up in the Meadowlands, which is really a swamp. And um, whoever wins that game is only a game back. Oh, good. So it's not written in stone that Dallas is going to win the division. Good, because they suck. Yeah, I hate Dallas. They really do suck. I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> it was nice. Oh, for those of you guys who didn't hear any of the news from yesterday, Terrell Owens had two touchdown passes, uh, catches. And he spit in um, someone's face. But he also spit in the face of uh, D'Angelo Hall and admitted it after the game. All right. Oh, en- oh, no. en- enough about the Cowboys. You guys hear this music? We all gave kicks to people that had nothing to do with this game. You guys hear the music? I hear it. Oh, all right. That's right, y'all. It's time. It's time for Tom's trivia. And last week's question, we got an we got a correct answer from our good friend down in I think he's from Florida, if I remember correctly. His name is none other than the M Manhaya. Man, something's wrong with my screen. Anyway, here it is, dude. He wrote in, um, Mark wrote in, Blood Type B and G is his call name here on on Harry Hawk. And on. The question was, the two other Redskins quarterbacks to um, throw for two touchdowns in each of the first two NFL starts. And they were. Do you guys know? Um, Gus Farad. Yeah. Is that one of them? That's one of them. Um, 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 in the first Redskins start. Oh, Josh, you have a guess? First two Redskins. Yeah. First two NFL starts, not Redskins start. Um, I don't know the other one. All right, the other one won the Super Bowl. That gives you a hint. Kind of an ugly man. Fathead <laughs> <laughs> Mark Griffin. <laughs> That's right. Which Mark Griffin. <laughs> By the way, there's a Mark Griffin fathead on eBay. Oh, and guess what? Dude? There's tons of them. Someone found a crate like in Hackensack, New Jersey, of Mark Griffin fatheads. There's someone <laughs> on eBay. Read the small print. They're only like 11 by 8 inches or something. Yeah, so they're not real fatheads. They're like little ones. They're like little heads. Anyway, 
Um, Mark, Mark is the first person to actually win something by writing into Tom's trivia since we upped the ante since we didn't get any answers from the week before. And Tom wins the official Harry Hog football theme for um, Mozilla's Firefox program. And Josh is going to email that to him. Say the theme. I'll email it to you. And uh, congratulations, Mark, on answering Tom's trivia correct. Yeah, right on. Now we're going to this week's uh, question, and I hate to say it, dudes, but we haven't got another question from Tom. Oh, really? And I'm starting to worry about Tom. Maybe something happened to him. But anyway, we do have a backup question sent in by none other than the infamous Danny. Excellent. Tom, if you're out there, at least send us a note. Like, hey, guys, my fingers are frostbitten and I can't send it to you or something. Um, all right, let's, here's the question from, from Danny um, in lieu of Tom's question. And here it is. At Redskins games, everyone yells, oh, when the national anthem singer sings, oh, say, does that Star Spangled Banner yet wave? Why do they yell that? And Danny's referring to where the tradition of starting to do this little oh, oh thing, where it came from. Oh, yeah, yeah. So anyway. If you know, go ahead and send in your uh, answer to uh, Redskins fan at harryhogfootball.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y hogfootball.com. And if you're the first to send it in, you will win the official Harry Hog Football Mozilla Firefox theme. For your win, Browse. Data, 1.2. <laughs> Outstanding. Um... What else we got to say? We always have less to talk about when they win because we have less stuff to uh, complain about. You know, we complained a lot today, but <laughs> it's, it's it's more of a more of a uh, um, you know criticism as these are you know doing good. Let's keep building on this kind of stuff well, rather than you just suck. Let's talk a quick second. Let's talk a quick second. We know we're out of the playoffs. Looking forward to next year. We haven't mentioned the word C U T today, really. Um, other than John in the bubble over Carlos Rogers' head. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if we're looking at next year, what, any thoughts, initial thoughts right now? Yeah, I, I was saying I've been excited about these last three games, and if they can finally settle on this offense, and since they are keeping the coaches the same and they all stay on the same page going this into next season, I think it's a um, pretty good sign. Did you guys yeah, agree, uh, we put up a post this morning on, on the Harry Hogg website um, about the uh, defensive line and the possible breakup of that. There was an article in the Washington Post um, as well as the Virginia Pilot and uh, about basically salary cap situations, restructuring of contracts, who's going to be free agents, and how that might affect the defensive core for next year. And um, it will be, uh, I guess, interesting to see because it's kind of one of those things, like in the past week with the whole uh, Liddell Betts restructuring of his contract, um, how, you know, Mark Brunell stepped up, Randy Thomas stepped up to, uh, volunteer to restructure some things so that Mark, so that, uh, Liddell Betts could get his, uh, contract extension. And I, you know, in kind of reading these articles and thinking about it, you just wonder, you know, who else is going to either step up or be asked to restructure um, their contracts, and how willing are they going to be to do that? This and how willing are they going to be? Hey dudes, yeah. Hey dudes, dudes. Yeah. Dudes, what is the uh, contract situation for next season? With I the mean, season? there's a bunch of people that you know. Um, in looking at the salary cap, that 
it's going to hit the way that their contract is structured that uh, they're due a certain amount of money next year. Like both Mark Brunel, I mean, he's already restructured once. He could probably be asked to be restructured again, which, you know, if you read the Post article, it talks about that and how he would most likely be happy to do that or most people would think that because he's comfortable in Washington in the second position given his age and his you know, situation, he's probably not going to go somewhere else where he's going to get more money. Dude, he's never going to. So he's he pretty much set. Want to sign him to start at this point. He's yeah. pretty much set just to hang out. He would be wise just to stay, be the backup guy, you know, yeah. uh, and 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 stay where he is and, and restructure and basically take whatever the risk is offering. The other thing is um, Sean Springs, and uh, he's due. I mean, he's due a bunch, isn't he, John? Like five million dollars or something like that. Something like that, yeah. He's and his his is pretty pretty large. He's do a payout. Um, you know, and, and it just kind of raises some questions. There's some other guys too about uh, you know what they're due and if if they restructure now. Of course, it's kind of it's kind of like uh, kind of like a credit card where you like you pay off one card with another and just keeps rolling it on. It's uh, you know it, it will eventually affect the salary cap in the future. And they start doing weird things like to make up for it, trading this and that, and, and, and you know, one thing affects the, uh, affects the next. So um, there's just going to be a lot of questions, and, and the biggest questions were on the defensive line, I think, or the defensive core. Who was going to, you know, was somebody going to have to be cut or released or what? You know, yeah, like Cornelius is going to count like six million something towards the right. salary cap next year in Springs, who I think is a number one priority no matter what. Right. Considering the backfield, the condition they're in, is going to yeah. count over seven million against the cow salary cap next year. I mean, that's a chunk, dude. That's what? That's thirteen that's million. That's a chunk. That's thirteen million out of what's the, what's the total cap? Fifty-three million. Yep. Or sixty-three. I don't know what it is. But uh, anyway, but they'd be idiots to cut guys like Sean Springs because they have to keep Adam Archuleta. Oh, I know. Man. I mean, like they got they got to figure out what they can do with that, but they you know they got to work that out. Right. And, like, um, you know, I, I expect we'll see Andre Carter back next year. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so, too. And Golston, dude. He's in for, what, three or four more seasons, right? Oh, yeah. He's, he was, what, a fifth or sixth round pick? He's cheap. Cheap, cheap, cheap <laughs> right now. So and He's good. Yeah. Joe Salavea, I think. Um, Joe Salavea is probably going to slide into the uh, backup role there. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because he's... You know, a lot of injuries have been working on him. Just like with Cornelius Griffin, I think that might be a reason. Although he, you know, he battles through his injuries and he stepped up today. He had a couple of huge plays. He stopped Reggie Bush on the outside. Yeah, and he felt bad. It was great. So you know, these guys are. It's it's Josh bring up a really really good point because you know someone's going to get cut. There's always a few cuts every year, but who is it going to be? And are they going to make stupid choices with the people they bring in again? Are they going to cut the people that we really need to keep? Because, you know, you hear every day when you're watching a Redskins game, they're like, well, let's go to San Diego, and, oh, here's this player that used to be a Redskin, and he's doing really well today. Back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Back to you. Back to you, Baldinger. (laughs) Dude, um, I got an idea. Why don't the Redskins go out and trade someone for Champ Bailey, like Archuleta, in a straight-up trade? Hey. <laughs> yeah, because I, I imagine that Denver would love to do that. We so need Champ Bailey back, man. Man, 
that, yeah. That was bring, bring back chance. But, you yeah. know, I'm going to bring this up, too, in a segue, because we're, we're a few weeks away from the end of this season. And, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there that's like, well, turn the TV off. My team didn't make the playoffs this year. You know, I mean, there's still so much that happens in the off season, and and, uh, and there are a lot of a lot of us, and a lot of a lot of the listeners out there, podcast listeners, that are really into that too. So, you know, we'll try to stay up to up to speed on everything that's going on, and we we'll keep bringing it to you every week, no matter what. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter whether we're in the playoffs, whether we're in the middle of a the dead of cold winter off season. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep it coming. Yeah, if it happens in Redskins land, you guys are going to be able to hear it here once a week, 52 weeks a year, and on HarryHogFootball.com. That's right. So That's our blog for today. And you can go on there and get, get on the forum. Go on there and get on the forum and uh, talk amongst yourselves, discuss. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like Mike Myers used to say. And, um, dudes, I think that about wraps it up. Um, well, and Harry, Harry Hog fans from around the world, send in where you're from. We'll put you on the map. If there's some of you that we haven't gotten on there yet, I apologize for that. Um, I need to get with Aaron and make sure I've got everybody's information so I can get you guys on the map. But it's kind of cool to be able to look at a map of the world and actually see little dots of Redskin fans, you know, acting like chicken pox all over it. So. Hold on quick. John, we need a random Redskin of the week. Random Redskin of the week? Um, do you want to go with someone that's on the modern roster right now? How about I got one? John the Tree Adams. Oh, we've used John the Tree Adams, though. Oh, yeah? So back a little bit. Let's go for one. This week we'll go with Ethan Albright, uh, the long snapper, one who you probably never, ever hear of unless you're a big Redskins fan. And if you never, ever hear of your long snapper, that's a good thing. Speaking of, how how many punts did the Redskins have today? Like four? I think they had four. And, um... He did. Frost had a. You know, he had five. He averaged forty-seven point eight. He had one bad one, but it just rolled and rolled and rolled. Dude, um, it was the hang time was forever on it. Yeah, he the one bad point. It must have like gone up, got stuck in the rafters of the dome, and then decided to like fall out or something. Yeah, was, that was a really weird one. I think he, he just kind of got it off weird because someone was giving some pressure from the right side. But he had a good game. Switch him seven for seven. Yep. Got a solid game for the Redskins. 16 to 10. Got to convert more in the red zone. Held yep. the second, I think, the second highest offensive team in the in the NFL to 10 points. It's pretty good, dude. Not Five bad and at nine. all. Five and nine. We uh we can't have a winning season, but you know we can win a few more. So uh, we're gonna hey, we do have a first round pick next year. Who are we playing next week? We're playing at St. Louis. Another dome. Another dome. Uh, we'll win that game. Yeah. Yeah. If we do, Hopefully. Dan Snyder might try to build a dome in D.C. Who knows? But he's already trying. He's trying. We've talked about that before. <laughs> and who knows? He's you know. There's still all those rumblings and grumblings. It's been pretty quiet because it's been a bad year. But he wants to build a dome stadium in the district. A couple other he things, said dude. It before. A couple other things I wanted to point out. What was up with that hoax that John uh, or Joe Gibbs got in a car wreck? And, like, some people were saying that he, like, died or something. Did you hear about that? I actually released an official statement saying that it was uh, that was a hoax. And Joe Gibbs himself came out and said, I'm sure that there's probably, you know, some people out there that want me to be in a car wreck and die. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of my players or something like that. I, I don't know exactly. I didn't read this the whole transcript, but it was, 
Yeah, Total Hoax. Who, who was it that started that? Someone called in a radio show, I think. And I'm said, sure it was a Cowboys fan or an Eagles fan. Even Cowboys fans wouldn't stoop that low. It's probably an Eagles fan. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, there was that. And uh, then I also saw that um, Dan Snyder like bought the last classical radio station yes. in D.C. and is going to make it like Redskins Radio. Yeah, that's what I, I saw. A classical radio station in D.C. is now a Red Zebra radio station. <laughs> yeah, he's, that he's, means that Norfolk, Virginia has a classical radio station, but Washington, D.C. does not. That's right. I don't know if the deal went through, though. I got to I gotta uh, say that. I just saw that he was trying to or that he was talking to the people. So, interesting. Interesting what is happening to our um, society there. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about it. A Redskin society. <laughs> anyway, dudes, I think that's about to wrap it up. Um, hail to the Redskins. Good win today. Good good um, play by the defense and the offense. Yeah, good solid win all the way around. Offense, defense, special teams, everybody. Right. Just need to keep it going through the end of the season, through the off season, and through next season. Keep it rolling. We'll see. Yep. Um, all right, dudes, I'll talk to you guys later. Hail to the Redskins. And send us some email and go to the website, and we'll talk to you guys after the game against the Rams next week. Yeah, man. Hail to the Redskins. Hail to the Redskins. Cowboys fans. Joke them.